1: We have created and are dedicated to this podcast because we believe that staff training is one of, if not the most important part of your job as a camp director. Staff training is what prepares your staff to care for their kids, to feel confident in their skills, to do their jobs to the best of their ability, and to learn along the way. A well thought out and intentional staff training will help you in more ways than you can imagine. And we need to help each other bring our very best. So we're gonna start out today by introducing ourselves. So Ruby, I give it to you.
2: Yeah, my name is Ruby Compton and I'm the Chief Exploration Officer for Ruby Outdoors. I am in Western North Carolina and I provide support to camp directors across North America uh, and helping them accomplish all the tasks that need to get done um, and continuing to further the mission of camp.
3: Lovely, and Gabrielle. And my name is Gabrielle Rail and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp in Camp Rose is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian mountains of Quebec and we focus uh, creating a positive female environment while doing that both in French and English. <laughs> in case the first part wasn't tough enough for you. Um, and <laughs> I'm
1: Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and Go Camp Pro. I was an executive director for uh, 15 years of five children's summer camps in Ontario, Canada, and am now a consultant. And my passion is intentional leadership training. And if you've ever heard any of our podcasts, that is not a surprise to anybody. Um, and of course, building solid and supportive community. So we're back um, after a very busy year of traveling and speaking and keynoting and teaching master classes. We are back and excited to really focus on podcasting for our seventh season. Hard to believe. Although season, six, season six was a wee bit short, but There's we're back for full season it's All right, seven. Everything's all right. <laughs>
2: yeah. So we're
1: excited to be back. Um, mm-hmm. Our topic today, our very first topic as the summer is over is, are you freaking kidding me? So these are the things that we cannot believe we've had to teach our staff over the summer. And Ruby is going to tell us why we chose this topic to start off our podcast season.
2: So I have a lot of friends that are camp directors. And when I say, you know, how was your summer? Uh, All of them, all of them have had these moments where they're like, I had to teach my staff members to do this. And generally they came around and said, my staff were great. They were just, they were young and they just had a lot of skill deficits. (laughs) And so as that Uh, came to be a theme, we thought it might be a fun topic to start off this season with
1: great so where do we start we thought we'd start out by sharing just a few of the things that surprised us personally and also a few that other camp directors have shared with us and once we've done that once we've gotten through this list of funny things um, we're going to get into what we can actually do about it so please understand we are not discussing this topic to make fun of our staff we instead want to let folks know who are listening that they are not out there alone and that lots of us have had these moments where we need to stop, take a breath, and then decide how we're going to teach something that we had assumed everybody knew already. So we'll get into what assuming gets us in a minute (laughs) um, and how we can better set our staff up, but right now we're gonna dive into some of these stories that we've heard or experienced this past summer. So Ruby, why don't you start us off with a few? What you got? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So I, I've got three that I want to tell you about. So um, the first one is the when you answer the phone, you have to sound pleasant <laughs> lesson <laughs> that uh, it, it is surprising to me, you All know, right. how for how much people use phones, it's where we actually take phone calls. And um, when you call camp, like you don't want to hear this is camp. What, hi, how are you? You know, you are expecting it to be a relatively happy place with cheery people where you're like, oh, who is is taking care of my children? So um, (laughs) that, that was something that I was always surprised that I had to teach people how to do. And I end up calling camps a fair amount to coordinate logistics these days. And sometimes I... Generally, it's really good. But sometimes you get people on the phone, you're like, they do not sound happy about their life. So um, that's one. I'll tell you a training tip on that here in a little bit. Um, Another one that's been really surprising to me is teaching people how to build a fire and specifically how to light matches. That is one I've, I've come across that, I, uh-huh. I mean, honestly, I remember being told, like, don't ever play with matches, you know, and right. I learned how to build a fire uh-huh. when I was at summer camp as a kid. So uh, that uh, was really surprising to me when I was, like, sending staff out into the woods to do cookouts, and they would spend an hour and a half trying to start a fire and are asking for lighter fluid and charcoal, and I'm like, at this, we have a lot of very flammable things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay, I, I, we need to do a fire lesson. Lesson learned. Um, and then one that came from a, a director friend of mine this summer was um, she discovered that a, a couple meals into the first session, that her staff, their responsibility was to go around and serve food to the campers, and uh, discovered that she didn't realize she needed to tell the staff they have to wait until there are plates on the table to serve food. <laughs> so um, yeah, these moments. <laughs> Um, I yes. about, but, but I mean, next week, or our next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what is some of this, um, what is the culture that folks are coming from? And it might put some of this into context. And if you have folks that are always eating out of takeout containers and, you know, never sitting down to a meal. It could make sense. So, um, yeah, those, those are the, the first three that came to <laughs> mind for me. Gab, what about you? Any funny things that you heard over the summer or
3: experienced? Yep. Uh, I, I reached out also to a couple of my friends. Um, and so this is sort of a, a, a collective uh, list. So uh, how to be an active audience. One of my friends said that her, that people would get up on stage and, and um, have some fairly funny skits and the audience, the staff would just be deadpanned. And she explained to she realized. She asked afterwards, well, "Did you find this funny?" And they're like, "Oh, that was such a great night. It was one of my favorite nights." And she realized that they didn't realize, you know, cheering, uh, laughter, uh, smiles, head nods—very, very important. So uh, she was teaching them how to be active audience members. Um, I myself this year had uh, an interview with a staff member, and we were trying to schedule her interview, and um, she said, "I'll, I'll check. If, I'll check to see if my parents." Um, the, if they can drive in, you know, what their schedule is like. And I live in Montreal. She also lives in Montreal, downtown Montreal, not at all uh, on the outskirts. And so I told her, why don't you just take the metro? And she had never taken the metro before. And she was 19 years old, but her parents wouldn't allow her to take the metro. Montreal's a very safe um, city. So we took the metro yeah. together because I said, before we do your interview, you, Miss, are going to learn how to <laughs> take the metro. And she was very excited about it. Um, her parents, I think, weren't very pleased, but, um, that's okay. Life lessons and uh, she's an adult. So I don't have to deal with her parents. Um, another one, uh, that came out was this has two things that have to do with days off. Uh, a friend of mine's uh, um, staff members, she, this has been happening to her for a couple of seasons where she's had to teach staff members how to use debit cards so they would get paid, but they wouldn't know how to take money out. Um, Interesting. um, so how to actually go take, take money out. Um, how much to take out, that would make sense. And uh, to pair with that is also what to do on your day off. So some staff members would rather just not have a day off because they just don't know what to do with their time. uh, and causes a lot of anxiety. So Mm. helping staff members brainstorm what they can do on their day off um, was something that I've also had to do. This one um, came from a friend of mine who uh, was confused why a staff member, and this happened twice this summer, why staff member wouldn't go in the water with her kids. And it had had to do with the fact that she had her period and she never used a tampon. Um, She didn't force the staff member to go in the water, but then the staff member asked if she could help uh, talk her through using a tampon. So that was something she wanted to do, but she had Mm -hmm. never done and she was nervous to ask. So she said it didn't, in our conversation, she said, Gab, it didn't happen once, it happened twice to staff (laughs) members. So, um so that was just that was uh, a couple of those things also how to have a table conversation and um so that there's conversation at the table and um uh, how to say I'm sorry so that was something mm, that oh, okay. a couple of uh I heard more than once from some of my camp director friends that actually teaching staff members to just own up to to something when you hurt somebody's feelings just actually saying my bad I'm sorry I hurt your feelings that was an actual um, lesson that had to be taught. So that, that was, there's, of course, a m- much, much longer list, but uh, <laughs> that's sort of the gist. the just the, of the
2: highlights. Yeah,
3: some of the highlights. <laughs> nice. Thank you.
1: Um, for me, one of the things that surprised me every year at our residential camp was the number of staff who did not know how to do laundry. And many had never worked a machine, let alone knew the importance of separating whites from darks. And more than once, I would arrive in the laundry room to see soap like overflowing everywhere, and the washing machine stuffed so full of clothes, there was actually no room for water. Um, so, laundry always surprised me um, if you are a camp that has machines and, and staff do their own laundry. Um, a camp director here in Ontario, when I asked this question of some people, at, told me that he was really surprised at how many staff arrived just unprepared in terms of gear that they would need for a summer at residential camp. So they're there for the summer. They're not going home all the time. um, And they didn't come with rain jackets or flashlights or sandals or a water bottle, any of those things that for him as a director, he thought were really obvious. We heard from another one of our podcasters who uh, let us know that he was very surprised that his staff didn't know how to stir paint so in arts and crafts they were very frustrated that the paint was so runny and it just kept coming out running and they didn't they weren't getting very good results with it but they hadn't actually stirred it or shaken it or done anything like that since last summer Um, so he was just shocked at that Um, also got a message from a camp director friend south of the border telling us that the person that he had hired To make sure that everything was set up for programs and meals, that was part of his job. I don't remember if he was a program director or what, but he it didn't occur to him that you need like condiments or cutlery or all those kinds of things, all like ketchup and mustard or whatever for hot dog meal, uh, that they all have to come out before the meal. And he says it's taken his this staff member about two summers to actually get that all this stuff has to be done beforehand. One of our uh, other podcasters, she let us know that her staff, she couldn't believe they didn't understand how to play. So we're not talking about the finer skills of leading games and facilitating, but this director said they just didn't know how to play, like have free play. And she found that because of that, they didn't get the value of free play or understand that sometimes kids just wanna do that, likely because they didn't grow up experiencing themselves. And I just have one or two more. Um, One was uh, another director from the Chicago area sent us that Um, this message that um, not understanding the value of perhaps wearing a one piece bathing suit for her female staff to avoid losing their tops in the water when they were playing with campers and it happened on more than one occasion so uh, I am assuming they learned that lesson pretty quickly Um, but uh, that I think probably falls under the right kind of gear to do the best job so this director wasn't having problems with them wearing two pieces just that Um, in camp when you're, you know, having uh, some fun time in the water and free swim, the top can come off all by itself. Um, And another one said that knowing how to talk to parents, she was stunned that they didn't know how to give a handshake, that they didn't know how to look parents in the eye. So we're not even talking here about the kind of language they should be using when they're explaining something to a parent or maybe trying to diffuse a situation or we're not even talking about getting down physically to the camper's eye level to have a good discussion. Those are skills I think that get taught at camp at leadership training. But these are really just basic human interaction skills. And when I asked Travis um, if he had any moments, he said he was always surprised when staff and the dis didn't happen one year, I'm like all the time, they didn't know how to change a light bulb. Um, and so he was always a bit um, flabbergasted at that. And my very last one is one that I noticed personally this year when I was doing some in-service training midsummer at a camp and we were evaluating the first half of their summer. So they were evaluating it with me. And one concern that every small group came up with, almost at the top of everybody's list, was that everybody was late for everything. So every session, every meal, uh, the cook was frustrated, the people running the programs were frustrated, the kids were frustrated because they were getting, you know, run different places um, without people, you know, giving them enough time to move and all that kinds of stuff. And at this particular camp, they did not allow cell phones in the vicinity of the campers. And so as they're telling me this story and everyone's agreeing and they're all saying, yes, it's terrible. I looked around the room and I noticed that a staff of 70 people, three of them wore a watch, only three. So again, they just weren't prepared with what they really need to do their job successfully and well. And I think it's because most of this generation of staff just uses their phones to tell the time. So um, that was interesting. And I'm sure that if we interviewed every director out there, we would find something from every camp that made us say this summer, are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) And now what do we do about this? So we have a few suggestions uh, of ways to handle some of these things. So Ruby, let's hear yours.
2: Yeah, so um, I, like I often suggest, I think running scenarios is a great way to discover some of these skill deficits because you can sit in a room all day long and say, this is how we're going to do all these things. And there are a lot of assumptions when you are teaching staff members about a meal that they uh, have a picture in their mind of how the meal is going to go, but that may be really different from the meals that they have experienced in their life. And so we have to be that much more aware of that. So yes, let's run a meal just like we would during camp. Let's do that during staff training and do it exactly the same way so they can see that, yes, the plates need to be divvied out (laughs) in front of each person before the staff member walks around with the serving dish and tries (laughs) to serve them food. Right. Um, Let's, so with the phone call, I used to, I I worked in an office where we had Multiple lines so I could dial from one office into the next one and make the phone ring. And so I would have our, it was primarily our leadership team who were answering the phones. I would have them sit in that room and then I would dial in and be whatever crazy parent uh, and who's bringing up whatever silly issue or not so silly issue and test them on how to deal with it. And then we'd have a little bit of coaching afterwards. And they had the added pressure of like everybody else on the leadership team was sitting there watching them do that call, uh, which is is also pretty realistic because our phones were in open spaces where you may be answering the phone and handling a parent concern while there are other people sitting there listening talking whatever so they needed to, to start practicing that um, and so yeah i think if we're running scenarios i think that is a way that some of these things they may not know how to do are going to come to light before they're taking care of children and and doing that um, The other thing that I think is a really healthy habit, and I did this in lots of different ways, is to just simply ask, what training do you need? And so that is when my staff would say things like, I need some help talking to parents. I I always feel awkward about it, so can we talk about how to do that? And so I would ask this question in lots of different ways. I would ask it during one-on-one evaluations uh, when they were sharing, you know, about the things that they were doing well, things they weren't doing so well, things that, you know, um, they were focusing on goals that they had set. And that was always a question that I would ask is, you know, what else do you need? What training do you feel like you're lacking? And I was also listening to those um, areas for improvement that folks were reporting and saying, wow, there's a theme. Everybody's talking about writing parent letters home and, they're feeling like they're underprepared to do it. So clearly we need to do a little training on that. Um, We also asked on our end of session eval. So we had a piece of paperwork that all the staff, uh, each staff member filled out to tell us about their session and to rate how things went. And that was another place we could ask, what do you still need? What training are you still looking for? What can we help you with? And that's going to give you some ideas when we just ask. They aren't always going to be able to articulate exactly what it is. You know, they may not want to volunteer the information. They don't know how to build a fire. But if they go on a camp out and they can't cook their food because they can't build a fire, they're going to tell you. So if it's something that's really stressing them out, um, it may not be stressing you out yet. But if it's stressing them out, they'll probably tell you if you ask.
1: Great. Thank you. And setting up that kind of environment where that's normal um, for you to ask and them to share is... You know, going to be key in that, of course. Gab, what about you? What are some thoughts you have to help with some of these? Are you freaking kidding me? Moments.
3: Um, <laughs> I keep a uh, I keep a journal by my bed at night, um, and it's a journal is a loose word for scraps of paper beside um, <laughs> my bed, and whatever pen or pen, pen or paper, uh, pencil that I have, but. Um, to help me go to sleep, I write down the things that frustrated me that day, or as well as things I need to remember for the next day. So it's something that I can just get off my chest. And it's on uh, actually different pieces of paper. So things that frustrate me and my to do's do not go on the same list. So then I can put that piece of paper away um, and never look at it again, unless I need to address it. and, And then my to do's are another piece of paper. And then at the end of the summer, not immediately, but once I've sort of, you know, recuperated from the summer, I, re-lead, I reread that list. Some of it I can throw out because it's it's non-applicable is it probably how I was feeling that day. And some of it, um, I can look at how I can put that into my staff training for the next year. And I think it's important um, as we've talked about on camp code before is not to pendulum swing and put all of your energy into, for example, uh, active audience um, training, but just to just to to add it in um, into a little piece of your training this is what we expect when uh, we're all listening to a play or a skit or a song from our staff is to participate and it's something that you've mentioned or that you tell your staff the appropriate swim attire for next year and you're very very specific before they come to camp or that everybody needs to come with a watch and that your staff uh, that your camp store has extra watches for those that their watch they lose it or uh gets broken etc cetera, etc cetera. so to create that list and then like ruby i like to interview um two groups after camp so um our first year staff members uh, including some of my younger young staff members and new to to our camp and then our veteran staff members and the say there's it's the same question which is what do you wish um, you would have known uh, before you came to camp. That's for our first, uh, ed- first-year 1st staff members. And for our veteran staff members, it's what do you wish first-year staff members and new staff members would have known? And mm-hmm. a lot of time there is a crossover and sometimes uh, veteran staff say things that I actually didn't see all summer. Um, I didn't realize that they didn't know they were doing this. I didn't realize um, that veteran staff members had to pick up a lot of the slack. So it helps me understand where where we need to put our our training and or front-loading before staff members come to camp.
1: Nice. Thank you. And so smart, both of you. I think for me, many of these little freaking kidding me moments arrive for several reasons. Uh, I think Ruby's touched on one of them already. But for me, many of our campers and staff members today often don't have chores that they do at home. So unlike many of us who are older, my generation specifically, chores were an expected part of life when we were growing up. And this is where we learn to push a broom for the push brooms. It's where we learn to unclog a toilet. It's where we learn to put gas in the lawnmower. And many parents today feel that their kids have enough on their plates and they don't make learning these simple life skills a priority. And uh, no judgment here. It's just how some kids are being raised. And so... They just don't have the experience with a lot of things that for seasoned camp people seem like just common sense to us. So I think we have to keep that in mind. Um, a lot of our staff members have had parents who only because of their love and care for their child haven't allowed them to make their own decisions, but have rather chosen to set them up for success by being what many of us would say is maybe too involved so if staff have never had to figure things out for themselves if they've never been taught or led by example that that's what's expected of us we are to be problem solvers it's so foreign to them to be dropped into an environment particularly residential camp where that environment is all they see sometimes for two months straight um, that they straight up have never had to solve problems on their own or even had that experience of trying to see the big picture and then figuring out the little steps that go into the big picture like for example plates on the table before the food Um, because their parents have always had that big picture for them like not allowing them to ride the metro or subway for example and for me the third and final one is that Even if they grew up in a house where they have had chores and responsibilities or parents who encourage them to figure things out on their own, they may be new to us and they just don't yet know how it's specifically done at our camp. And we all know that most camps have very certain ways of doing things and for very good reasons. So all of these issues can be solved, of course, by front-loading. And I know that here we are in season seven, and I am still talking about front-loading, but I'm going to do it every day until I have no breath left in me. (laughs) But the importance of it to make our staff feel secure and ready for success and more confident in their responsibilities and like they know what's going on, coupled with a lot less frustration on our end, make front-loading one of our very best friends. And I think that it really behooves us all to walk our staff through as much as possible not only before campers arrive but also before staff arrive to live at camp or to be at camp every day and since we know that people just don't read anymore camp directors included um, i think that we can use the great social media that we have at our fingertips to create really amazing short videos for our staff to help them prepare for all that they need to have a successful summer And we want to explain why. I mean, this is so important to explain why it is we do it this way um, and show them in some small way that this will make their interactions with campers or with each other so much easier. We are camp people, so we should make time to make them fun and creative, like literally showing them during a rainstorm why a raincoat and rubber boots are a great idea. So get out there and get wet and show them. Um, you can certainly share this responsibility with other members of your leadership team or returning staff. I would be sure to keep them really short, like one little lesson per video. Keep them really positive. Explain the why of it. You'll obviously get so much more buy-in if the staff understand why we do things in a certain way at our camp and have those movies make sure they align with your mission so if your one of your things is that we don't make fun of anybody none of your videos are going to make fun of people right you're aligning it with your mission and that they're created in such a way that they show your staff that you care and that you are doing your best to set them up for their best summer ever And I would send one of these out a day or every other day like in the month leading up to camp or if you feel like there's stuff they need to know sooner than that, send them out. Create a great library of it get your return staff involved, as I suggested, and after they've been sent out, you can put them um, you know, in the staff section of your website so that everybody can see them, parents, uh, campers, donors, all those people, um, because these videos would be just one more reason they wanna send their kid to your camp because look how organized and prepared and supportive you are. And I would also make, take the time to make it really clear before they ever get to camp, which of these items you believe th- that they should come to camp with are mandatory. So like talk about it in your interviews, put it in their staff contracts, you know, like they must come with a watch. As Gab said, we used to say that every year and it was always hilarious how many staff went to Walmart On their day off between staff training and the first day of summer camp to buy that cheap watch that only lasted them the summer but at least they had a watch and then the important part is that Travis would um, get everyone to set their watches to the CBC 1 p.m. thing so the CBC radio in Canada has this signal that goes off at 1 uh, o'clock p.m. every day and we all know it's exactly 1 o'clock so all the watches were set for the same time at camp uh, maybe they 're required to have a headlamp or a flashlight, or they have to bring their own pens and books, whatever it is. you need to make that really clear which ones are these are we are expected of you, and these we strongly recommend you might want to have these to have a, a better summer. Um, hats off to uh, C- Pierce Williams camp in Ontario. They set their staff up with a special employee uh, discount account with Columbia so that they could get discounts on great quality gear if they want to choose to purchase there. Um, Obviously they don't have to, but it was just a nice thing that they set up um, with Columbia um, so that their staff could take advantage of that if they wanted. Um, And then of course, as Ruby said, just have them practice these kinds of skills. So, even having time during training for staff to practice things as simple as how do you get your campers to brush their teeth all at the same time. Um, It allows you to sort of work out those kinks and then allows you for the input of the really wise return staff who can then share all of their tips and tricks um, about how to make this easier. So, um, you know, just make sure that they have those kinds of experiences where even if you're talking about they don't know how to do free play, well, give them time to play every day. Um, Do some, you know, 10 minutes in between sessions or give them bubbles and watch what happens when 20-year-olds get nothing but bubbles. It's an amazing experience. Um, But give them a chance to do that. And my very last point, I think, would be to anoint your staff during training. So as training's winding down, have a moment when you have a ceremony. It can honestly be like 30 seconds long, but you get staff to like raise their hands and take an oath or, you know, you bring like a king or queen in to like give the uh, anointing, whatever it is, But they understand then that they have been given the power to make decisions and to use their critical thinking and to figure things out. So for example, um, I had a staff member who took about six weeks to tell me they didn't know how to build a fire. (laughs) Um, And I kind of found out the hard way through another staff member. So letting them know that you're giving them this power and like make this little anointing fun or silly or creative, whatever you want, but let them know that they've been given permission to make decisions. And of course, if you do this near the end of training, they're already aware of all the exceptions to that rule. So they know the decisions that are for you, the director only, or for their section head only, or for the nurse only, or whatever systems your camp has in place. And we're going to dive into helping staff become decision makers in a future episode this season. So it's all I really want to say for now. But it's really imperative that they hear from you, that you trust them, and you expect them to be decision makers um so to help with all of these are you freaking kidding me moments uh we hope that commiserating with other directors around north america has helped but we also want to remind us all so that we don't lose our minds that when we're faced with these moments, we should think in terms of opportunities and solutions rather than problems and disappointment. So if we can shift our thinking, and I learned this from Gabrielle a long time ago, to, hooray, I love an opportunity to find a solution, from, good lord, not another issue I have to fix and teach them, I think that will serve our people better and more than likely save most of our sanity for another summer. so those are some thoughts about that. Gab's going to do her famous recap, which we all love and is one of the favorite parts of our podcast. And then
3: we'll talk a bit about how you can get involved. So Gabrielle, take it away. I actually have maybe one more to add to the list. Please, is that okay? Please, please. Yes, of course. Um, so I, this year we did a, um, I've mentioned also, I think before on a podcast uh, this, but we, we did a hit list this year. Um, so it's a hundred items to try to do um, at camp during staff training. Mm-hmm. And some of it is, things like stargazing um, with two other friends, but others are uh, lighting a fire or teaching somebody to light a fire, uh, teaching somebody to uh, light matches. Um, th- there's just a whole bunch of things. And and then of course you're on teams and you can have be the uh, individual, um, you know, a Victor or, um, you know, so th- a hit list of a hundred items, um, getting people s- stoked about trying these things, hiking up your local mountain, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, in, in that hit list, we had pretty much all of the life skill things that we wanted our staff members to to do, um, or at least try so that, uh, and it was in a fun way. And I was, I've also seen other camps do that in the form of a bingo card, or or just a, uh, what would I like to learn, a card, and ha- create a list for staff, so it, it's, it's not coming necessarily just from them, that can be a little bit daunting, and they can hand it in, and then maybe get a workshop with somebody else. So just, just creating a hit list. Uh, I think a hundred is really cool because you can really pick and choose uh, and then making sure there's some really cool, fun things uh, in there, but that was, that was a really fun part of our staff training this summer. And then we created a secondary uh, hit list to, to do throughout the summer. So it was a little bit of a different hit list and we had a great time, but they were, they were definitely trying the things that we really wanted them to try. That's
2: so awesome. That's that so is awesome. Great.
3: And you will also get those staff members who are
1: so competitive that they are going to go for all hundred. Like they're just going to do it. And And that's great.
3: Yes. (laughs) And I thought, I, and I, and we said, you know, it's unlikely that you'd be able to get these 100s. The goal is that you try to do as many. Mm. And I think the word unlikely sparked something (laughs) in some people. (laughs) Challenge accepted. Yes. Yes. And some of the tasks were individual tasks. Some of them were group tasks. But, um, it also was really great for during staff training, during those downtimes where people can start missing home. They were, they were doing the hit list and, um, we would, you know, regularly every morning would announce what was being done on, on the hit list. And if somebody did something on the hit list for the first time, we would do a, you know, a big like ding, 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 a first time, fifth time, 10th oh, nice. time. So then it wasn't just the people that were getting really far ahead. If you, you know, got it to five yep. things on that list. Um, uh, and then I, and also there was 10 items that everybody had to do and fit into their schedule. Uh, and so that was another piece of the hit list, but we didn't have to go after people. I thought we were going to have to check in and say, mm. okay, and we really didn't. It, it just, they just went for it. So, uh, that was a really fun part of our summer, uh, this summer. Okay. For, um, our, our recap of this is our first recap for the season. So how exciting. I'm so excited. Okay. So I have um, taken over the four S's to talk about the, are you freaking kidding me? Uh, Just a recap of the, are you freaking kidding me? Lists are now in S format, stir paint, set up the table, say, I'm sorry. And schedule falling, following. So there you go, Beth. Um, Awesome. Love it. Create a link. That Beth said the word behooved, but she also <laughs> talked about um, teach actual chores. Uh, why videos before uh, before uh, staff members come to camp? Uh, use use uh, discounts. Also bubbles; those are very cool. Um, <laughs> Ruby talked about how to scenarios and ask what they actually need. Actually need. We could also interview our first year staff members, uh, veteran staff members. Create your own. Are you freaking me list? and uh, use a hit list or bingo card to make things fun. Also remember that this is normal. We are working with young people and some people that don't have these experiences. We Mm -hmm. are uh, educators and this is what we uh, get to do. And if you are frustrated, you're not alone, uh, but you are teaching them these really important life skills and we thank you for that.
1: Excellent. Well, so Thank well, you God. so much. Um, and my English profs will be very happy that I use the word behooved.
3: I was um, really happy you used the word beho- behooved. <laughs> years <laughs> later. Behooved okay. in the bubbles.
1: <laughs> um, here's how you can get involved in the Camp Code podcast. So you can join us using Twitter and our hashtag is, of course, Camp Code. And you can let us know the topics you might like us to discuss, any guests uh, or experts, you would recommend that we talk to any great leadership training tips that you have to share with us. And I know there are hundreds of thousands of them out there. We would love to hear from you. We're all about sharing in this industry. It's the one of the best parts of being in the camp industry. So please let us know. And if you have found our podcast to be useful, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. And you can do that by going to camphacker.tv or of course, just tweet your love of the show by going to campackertv slash love. And your feedback will help us keep our podcast going. And if you want to reach any of us individually, this is how you do it. Ruby.
2: You can reach me at ruby at rubyoutdoors.com. You can follow me on Instagram at rubyoutdoors or on Twitter, rubylyn85.
1: Excellent. Thank you. And Gab, if we want to get a hold of you.
2: Well, you can
3: check me out on uh, Gabrielle Rail on Instagram and Twitter. You can see where I work at waro.com and uh, you can get in touch with me at gabs at waro.com.
1: Perfect. Uh, our website is gocamp.pro. You can email me at Beth at gocamp.pro. Um, or you can find me on Twitter uh, using the hashtag TopazFae. And Fae is spelt F-A-E. And it's all one word. And Ruby's going to tell us what our next podcast is going to be about.
2: So today we talked about some of the ways that our staff surprise us <laughs> with uh, what they know or don't know. And next week we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the habits they may be bringing to camp with them uh, and some of the, the culture that they are bringing with them because of the rest of the world and the way the west the way the rest of the world is. I think sometimes we get stuck in our little camp bubble and we forget that what happens at camp is not the way it happens in the rest of the world. So we'll talk about some strategies for handling that.
1: Sadly, it is not. But our goal is to make sure that it is. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. Yeah. Our final segment on each podcast, of course, is our best practice for leadership training. And again, we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or your most effective tips. And you can tell us what they are, again, using the hashtag camp code. But this week, we have a best practice coming from Ruby.
2: Can I show you something? Please. That's a phrase. Yes, that, that's my best <laughs> practice actually is, can I show you something? That's awesome. So I think that that's a phrase that a lot of great leaders use. We are always looking for opportunities to teach. And I found myself saying that when I was a director, to my leadership team members and I'd say, hey, can I show you how the budget works? Or can do you wanna come sit in with me while I make this parent phone call just so you can hear what's going on? And it wasn't even necessarily that they were involved in the situation. I just have had a lot of mentors along the way that have put their arm around me and shown me stuff. And that gave me exposure and skills that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, flip side of that is I also want to encourage you to anytime you're asking a staff member Uh, if they know how to do something, uh, especially if it's at camp, then I would say something like, has anyone shown you how we set the table here at camp? Has anyone shown you how we organize the tools in the maintenance shed? Versus, do you know how to set the table here at camp? Do you know how to organize the tools? Because, and I am 100% guilty of this, when somebody says, do you know And they're like, do you know this band? I'm like, yeah, totally. Absolutely. I have no idea. I have no idea. (laughs) But I don't want to admit that. (laughs) So uh, when we say, has anyone shown you or some iteration of that, then that puts the responsibility on the person with the knowledge, not the person that we're asking. And so Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier for them to say, no, actually, no one's shown me how to get to the dining hall. Uh, can you take me there? So that's a strategy that I've taught a long time for when we are greeting parents and greeting new campers and greeting new staff. But this can also be used every day with your staff uh, when you're asking them about knowledge that they may or may not have. Has anybody shown you this?
3: And I love that, and it's so great. And uh, Ruby, this year we we purposely use that um, piece in our staff training. And we started it with our leadership team members and we really, really practiced it when staff members came on to camp. We had to remind ourselves as leadership team members, remember, this is the sentence we want to use. And then uh, our staff trickle in. So we taught each group of staff members that this is what we wanted to do. And by the time new staff members came on camp, the feedback that I got from some of the new staff members was that sentence actually came up. Um, and it was really, really cool to hear one of our staff members who was from New York. So she was coming to, um, Quebec, Canada, it's, it's English and French. There's a lot, there's a lot of culture that she, she was adjusting to. She found that that sentence just made her feel welcomed and not and using her words like an idiot. Um, and she really, she said she had never heard it anywhere she had never heard it anywhere else, um, used so, um, intentionally. So it was, it was definitely made an impact. And I think it really made our staff feel more welcomed. And I think it made also, um, on the flip side, made our staff be able to ask questions and say, Oh, I I haven't been shown how to do this yet. So I just Mm -hmm. want to say out of experience and we, we tried it this year and it was a, a main point um it really made a difference and then of course our staff uh did it with our campers which was wonderful so it's a Towards wonderful sentence yeah just a, just a little i didn't get to How share do you that say with it in before. french um est-ce que quelqu'un qui t'a montré ça?
2: yeah that too yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> so just use that <laughs> yeah it's great and i think too so many
3: of us are visual
1: learners and yeah. Um, you feel more confident if someone's beside you and showing you something rather Mm -hmm. than just you saying, you know, here's the plunger. I'm going to explain to you how to plunge a toilet. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to go down, you know, way down the other side of camp and you're going to try to plunge a toilet. Um, It's just easier if we can see someone do it. um, And then that person is also there. But I love the idea of flipping the onus onto us that we have, it's our responsibility to teach you, not your responsibility Mm -hmm. to, to run around and pick up all this information by yourself. I think that's a key piece to that.
3: Exactly. And I, I think that's, that's something that was a, such a wonderful impact was that piece. And, and for, even when, when we were talking about before, how um, you're trying to teach, trying to teach staff members how to speak to parents. Mm. Has anybody showed you where the, where the washrooms are? Has anybody showed you where your cabin is? That is a beautiful, that's a very important uh, piece of speaking to parents. Um, and uh, so uh, for us, it was wonderful. We're going to be using this. This is part of our staff training for sure, the, you know, for years to come at Warrow. Nice. Nice, nice.
1: Well, that wraps things up for today for our first podcast back. In Season 7, it's so nice to be back doing this um, with these two wonderful women and with you. So please don't forget to send your training tips our way. Pop us an email or reach out to us on Twitter. And thanks for listening, friends.
0: Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends.
3: Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.